Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. The Super Bowl is over, the NFL season is over, and uh, we'll have plenty of reaction to that, plus uh, some college basketball and who knows what else is coming up along the way. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast from KORN Radio, the sports director there, as well as the host of the Taking Time with Travis podcast, Travis Krenz. Travis, how are we doing? Doing better. Good. Been sick this week. First time we've been sick, I think, in two years. And uh, I felt it late, late Friday in my throat, and I could feel it in my throat. I'm like, oh no. Hope this doesn't mean I'm going to get sick. And it did. Oh no. So, it hasn't been too bad. I took Monday off of work just because. And Tuesday I had a game. And today I'm feeling pretty good. Cool. So. I feel like I'm, I'm a day or two away from 100%. It's not that COVID now, is it? I wouldn't think so. It's the usual. It started as a throat thing, and then it uh, then it went up to my nose here a couple days ago. My nose got involved, and now my throat's fine. And my nose is pretty clear today, so I feel I feel pretty good today. Good. So I think yeah, it's the normal cold, I, I would think. Good, good. You know who else is feeling good today? Well, maybe he's still hungover. I don't know. Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, congratulations to them, winners of Super Bowl 56. 23-20 winners over the Cincinnati Bengals. It was a good finish, a good ending, an exciting ending. And I would say just overall an okay to good Super Bowl. Certainly doesn't rank up there for me, but uh, the Rams come back after trailing 20-16. to 16. They score a touchdown, the, to, the one-yard touchdown pass to Cooper Cup from Matthew Stafford. It's amazing what uh, happens when you throw the ball to Cooper Cup because they threw it to him four or five times on that drive, and he caught every one. Caught a touchdown, too. Drew a couple of penalties, and... Where was that the whole rest of the game? The Rams had a, uh, an annoying persistence to try and run the football to no avail. Uh, so terrible play calling there. I hope that was McVay and not new Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell. Um, then the, the Bengals couldn't protect Joe Burrow at all in the second half. We had a touchdown that shouldn't have happened. Uh, some touchy flags late. And overall... I would just call this, I would rate this a okay to a good Super Bowl, but I went into it, you know, not with any rooting interest, wasn't all that excited about the Super Bowl, and I would say that kind of, I don't know if that played out, like, throughout this game, and that's why I'm rating it that way, but I just... I want to... This was not a great Super Bowl in my mind, or a very memorable one. The more, the more the week went on, the more I wanted the Bengals to win. Because, like, who, who the fuck is a Rams fan, anyway? Well, like, clearly not anyone in uh, in the, uh, SoFi Stadium, because it was 50% Bengals fans, which is uh, a little sad, considering it's played in your home stadium, L.A. Their parade looked like SDSU's college game day crowd will look like. <laughs> like nobody cares about the Rams. Their previous home obviously doesn't care. Their current home not a big supporter. 
So I'm like, this, like I thought, you know, this would mean so much more for the Bengals if they were to win. There was already like, more people huge. there, like when the team got back, you know, cheering them on and welcoming them back yeah. despite the loss. This would be a huge monumental win for the Bengals and for the Rams. It's be like, yeah, it's nice, we won, but their fans care as much as the Bengals, probably not. Right. So I was, yeah, I was disappointed that the Rams ended up winning ultimately, but yeah, it was, they couldn't run the ball, but they kept trying to. And I thought that was ridiculous. Yep. And the officiating was not good. Nope. Um, after all game long, then that in that final drive, they start calling every little ticky tack penalty there was, except missing that false start penalty. <laughs> they missed that one. Um, a little bit of grab here and there. I mean, it just wasn't consistent. I thought it was officiated pretty good for the first fifty-eight minutes, and in the end, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bengals. What they had a second and two, with like a minute to go, and they couldn't couldn't convert that. You got to convert a second and two. Yep. Yeah, yep. let that run out. So that was a disappointing. Finish for them because I don't think they're getting back anytime soon, if ever. So I, mean, I think this was the Bengals' shot to, to win it. Because you look at the AFC. I mean, you got Buffalo, you got Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of good teams out there. So we'll see what they do in the future. But yeah, finally at the end of the game, they finally got to the quarterback after they you didn't really get to the quarterback for the first two and a half quarters. Mm hmm. And Odell Beckham gets hurt, and they still couldn't get the ball to Cooper Cup. It's like, all right, they're not going to get it to him when when Odell Beckham's in the game. How the hell are they going to get it to him while he's out of the game? Mm-hmm. So it was a very, very odd game. A lot of weird situations that didn't make a whole lot of sense. I absolutely agree. Uh, I think, I think this game would have played out differently if Odell Beckham doesn't get injured. I think the Rams put up more points, uh, and I, I, if they had lost this game. I'd have looked at the two drives that began near midfield in the third quarter where they couldn't muster anything, and that would have been the the reason why they lost this game. So I think, you know, given all of the injuries that the Rams have suffered on offense this year, uh, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, then Odell Beckham, then, you, had, you know, I mean, Cam Akers tore, you know, popped his Achilles in July, and, you know, he was able to make it back, but he didn't do much. I mean, uh Darrell Henderson, not much. You didn't get anything from Sony Michelle. So the Rams were really working with not much. Van Jefferson, who we'll get to his story here in a in a moment, because that's uh, pretty amazing. And then it, Cooper Cup. And I don't know why. It, it, maybe, maybe the Rams or maybe the Bengals were covering Cooper Cup pretty well. But when the Rams needed Cooper Cup to step up, or when they needed Matthew Stafford to step up and find Cooper Cup. He did on that final drive. It's like, where the hell was this all game long? Why, why didn't you just go and you know force it to cup to begin with? You know, in the third quarter, and I look at the Bengals, and I, I look at two specific instances where it cost them the game. Going for it near midfield in the first quarter on fourth down, that was dumb. It set the Rams up with a short field, and they they scored a touchdown on that drive, and then. On their final drive, I don't understand why Joe Mixon isn't in the game on the third down, why Samarji P. Ryan is in. Uh, I think Bengals head coach Zach Taylor said it was getting late and he just wanted to keep P. Ryan in, but Aaron Donald makes an incredible play 
kind of stiff arming, you know, using one arm to move the tackle off and then, you know, making the stop on P. Ryan and not allowing him to stretch and get that first down. And then to go and shotgun on fourth and one, fourth and half a yard is the dumbest thing. I it, I hate it when, you know, colleges, uh, college teams do this on fourth and inches. I hate this when NFL teams do it on, you know, on fourth and one, fourth and inches, whatever. If you're going shotgun, you're giving up five to six yards easily. And they're just making it that much more difficult. And also, you're telling the Rams, hey, we're going to throw it here. We're, we're more than likely not going to run it. So I, I I think the Bengals really botched it on their first drive of the game or the second drive, whatever that drive was that uh, stalled near midfield. And then the final drive, I... For the life of me, I have no idea what they what they were thinking. We had that trick play. Was that a, a touchdown? Wasn't it? Yes, Joe Mixon's, Joe Mixon's pass. Yep, that was nice. But I feel like they needed maybe something like that at the end of the game because they couldn't move the ball at all. Mm-hmm. So you're going to line up at shotgun and fourth and inches, and still not get it and still pass the ball. Maybe run a reverse or a pass, a receiver pass or something because. They had a difficult time picking up just a couple yards mm-hmm. at the end there. I like that they went for it. It was a gutsy call. They went for it again late in the game when they didn't have to. They got it, and it didn't really make a difference because they ended up with the field goal anyway. So, they, I mean, they only needed to get to what, maybe the 40-yard line. They give their kicker a shot. Yep. So, they were really, really close. But... Yeah, a lot, a lot of missed opportunities. I guess, yeah, whoever lost this game, they could probably look back and say, oh, we should have done this, we should have done that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's a three-point game like that. A lot of different, a lot of different scenarios that could have could have changed the outcome. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Ramsey, for all the talk about how good of a corner he is, he got burned so uh, multiple times, including on the final play of the, of the, of the game for the Bengals. If Burrow had just had a little bit more time, Jamar Chase is streaking down the field because uh, Jalen Ramsey fell on the play, and that would have been a touchdown, and the Bengals more than likely would have won that game. And so that's a missed opportunity there, but that's because of the pressure by Aaron Donald, who had two sacks. And, you know, I I think it was kind of his shove on Burrow in the third quarter, that got you know the Bengals' offensive line it was a very clean play, clean hit, and the Bengals' offensive line came to Burrow's defense. But that kind of I think energized not only Donald but the Rams' defense in general, and also that uh, that egregious miss face mask, miss pass interference on T. Higgins uh, that resulted in a touchdown on the Bengals' first play of the second half. I think that kind of that angered the Rams defense because they gave up three points the rest of the game, and that was right after Matthew Stafford threw an interception on the Rams' first play of the second half. So uh, I I don't know. It, I mean that angered him, but Aaron Donald really awoke when he pushed Burrow out of bounds and like, yeah, we're gonna get to you, and you're done. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks that it takes something like that to get him going. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is the Super Bowl. Like, yep. let's go here, second half. And the way that second half started, like, oh, fuck, Bengals are going to win this game. They're going to they're gonna win by a couple touchdowns. But they couldn't really score after that. So that was just a <coughs> – that was disappointing. But, like, the, yeah, the face mask on the, 
on the uh, pass interference on the touchdown. Like in real time, like, I mean, I we, we couldn't see what happened because we couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. But then when we went back and saw it, it's like, yeah, so. And that's a call, like, again, you can, my idea of having a guy upstairs saying, well, you might want to watch this. This is pretty pretty apparent what happened here. Absolutely. So. Amen. Change this. I mean, I like that they scored because I wanted the Bengals to win, but that was obviously a penalty on, on T. Higgins, so we need to correct that, and that wasn't. So, yeah, another one of those calls that was easily correctable if they wanted to. Yes, and I get that Bengals fans wanted the false start or maybe the holding penalty call, like on the Bengals there. Like, oh, yeah. you know, we lost the game because of this. Well, just again, you got a touchdown as a result of Higgins grabbing Ramsey's face mask and then catching the ball and, and scoring a touchdown there. I think the Bengals, the, the first 22 seconds of the second half by the Bengals are the best 22 seconds a team has ever had in the Super Bowl. Uh, with a you, you score a touchdown on the first play of the second half, and then you get an interception, and it's just like wow, this is a huge momentum swing here. And I, I like you, I thought the Bengals were going to win at that point. Uh, the Rams defense really stood up, and holding them to a field goal was big. And I get that it didn't win the game, but just the the big plays there for the Bengals. I just I can't remember a Super Bowl where you had that in a 22 second time span. Yeah, I mean when you get those turnovers right away, and I mean it could have been even bigger than it was. So they were lucky. Rams were lucky that they that they weren't down by more. So yeah, there was. I mean it's I think it's a Super Bowl I remember more than some. There were a lot of different memorable plays. In the Super Bowl, but I thought, we, I thought it was good. It was fine. Probably better, better than uh, most. Probably in the top, in the top half. But I don't know if we could have got a better finish. We could have went in overtime. Could have had a big time kick that would have helped. Yeah. And Al Michaels again. Al Michaels. He was at the end. Oh, we're gonna have another three point game, and this has been a great postseason. And it's like it's been all right. It's been good. There was one great game and. Like the like the Rams San Francisco game was like oh it wasn't that game wasn't better than the Super Bowl, no. Super Bowl was better than that one. Yep. So of all the games, I would say Super Bowl was probably the maybe the third best game out of these seven. Mm-hmm. You know, the Rams and Bucks would be the one game where I'd say I, I think the I would say this game was better than Rams Bucks was. And that might be up for debate. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Bills Chiefs was a great game. Yep, probably Bengals Chiefs number two. <laughs> Bengals Chiefs was better than this. And other than that, I would say the Super Bowl is number three. Because I would, if you, if I had a choice, would I'd rather watch this game again or Rams Bucks? I would much rather watch the Super Bowl again. Mm-hmm. And any other game other than that was was poo poo. So. Yeah, I think people are going to remember this postseason as the greatest ever, and I'm going to say it just wasn't. It was it was good. There were plenty of good games, close games, the last seven all field goal games and overtimes, and but it was not. It, it for me, it's not going to be as great as maybe other people think it is, just because you know it was what 1916 Bengals beat the Titans. Yep. 13-10. So we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but they still 
still going with that, how great it was. Yeah, close games, that's great. But and yeah, and even in this game, there were some things that I was like, it, yeah, Bengals had some stupid things. Rams did some stupid things. Mm-hmm. So this was not two Super Bowl-quality teams. These were two two good teams that it was, it was a good year to, to be in the mix. Absolutely. Well, and I think this year speaks to just how – how much parity there was in the league. I don't think we've ever seen a, a, a NFL season with this much parity with so many good teams or so many teams in the mix. I mean, that you could legitimately make an argument for that could win the Super Bowl. And, I mean, look, we, we had two four seeds in the Super Bowl. Rams were a four seed at 12 and 5. The Bengals were a four seed at 10 and 7. I mean, there were just a number of very good teams. And you really didn't know what to expect on a week-to-week basis. So I think, if anything, this, you know, the closeness of the playoff games were great because they were exciting, you know, finishes, exciting down the stretch. But I think it also speaks to just how, not average, I I wouldn't say average, but just how much parity there was in the league this year. There were a lot of evenly matched teams for the most part. Who was the best team this year? Well, I think you can make an argument for uh, probably Green Bay. I think it was Buffalo. I don't. You, you lose to Jacksonville nine to six. I can't do that. I I cannot say. I feel like every every team had one of those. You know, like every team had that bad bad loss. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I mean, I would go Buffalo because. I think they were just the best team, defense, offense. And the Chiefs were just so frustrating because they were so terrible at the beginning of the year. Yep. And they were so terrible in the second half of that title game. And they were just, I don't know how you're that inconsistent, how you're just. Yep. I mean, they're the, they're the best. They have the, the, the best ceiling of any team because when they're on, they're, they're the best. But then mm-hmm. too many times when they were not on. So. I can't give it to Kansas City. So, but, I mean, they're like Buffalo is just the most impressive. The way they played against the Chiefs twice on the road. Mm-hmm. The way they beat the sit out of New England was, was fun. And I feel like Buffalo would have won. If, if they could have held the Chiefs in those final 10 seconds, I feel like they would have beat the Bengals. I feel like they would have beat the Rams. But we'll never know. Yep, we won't. And we'll see what they do. Here now moving forward, and Brian Dable is now the head coach of the Giants. So we'll see. I think, uh, was it Ken Dorsey is now the offensive coordinator for Buffalo? So we'll see what what goes on there. But, yeah, I mean, their ceiling is certainly high. And I think that's what makes the Bengals run back to the Super Bowl all that much more difficult because you have the good teams in Kansas City and Buffalo, who are the two favorites, according to what Caesar Sportsbook or some one of the some of the uh, sporting um, betting sites out there are already saying, you know, Buffalo and Kansas City are top two. I mean, Green Bay's up there. Tampa Bay at eighteen to one. I am very perplexed by, considering Brady is not coming back. So I don't know who they think they're going to get at quarterback. I mean, Deshaun Watson, rumored to want to go to either the Bucks or the Vikings. Um, uh, I mean, if, they, if the Bucks got Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, then I could definitely see why they'd be 18-1 to 1 or, you know, obviously they would jump higher. But right now I'm not sure. But I just look at that AFC and, you know, who 
who knows what uh, what's going to happen with you know Tennessee and yeah, well the Chargers, the Chargers have to be right up there. Uh, maybe you know Josh Daniels can do something with Derek Carr and the Raiders this year. The Browns should be better. The Ravens should be better. I this is not a, by any means a slam dunk for the Bengals to repeat. And I would say that they maybe I have the, are the third best team, but in the AFC. But there are a lot of other teams hanging in the wings. Well, offensive line, they got to address that now. They got their receiver. Yep. They did not address the offensive line. They went receiver instead. So now. Yeah, get somebody to protect the quarterback before he gets hurt again. So I feel like all of these quarterbacks have retired or left with Brady and Breeze and Roethlisberger and all these other guys who are always in the mix. And now there's a new bunch coming in, Joe Burrow and Mahomes and Josh Allen and whoever else is going to be out there. So it's kind of a transition of – who these next guys are, so I think maybe that's why we have this this parity of who's going to be good. Who, who are they, is it Buffalo? Are they going to be good for the next five six years? Mm-hmm. And these Super Bowl windows seem to be awfully short in Kansas City. Do a New England and, and come back when it looks like their dynasty's over. I mean, Kansas City's never even started yet. They got a yeah, win at least a couple here, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. It seems like, you know, the, the Bengals, if the Bengals can make it, why not Why not somebody else? It's not like Joe Burrow played out of his mind in these playoffs. It's not like he played unbelievable in the Super Bowl. He played right. okay mm-hmm. at best, mm-hmm. and they almost won. So, feels like feels like it's up for grabs for anybody. So. Yes. Yep, absolutely. And, then, and the Rams were very lucky to get them. I mean, they almost blew it against the Bucs. They almost blew it against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rams were. I mean, you have to be lucky. You have to be lucky some of the time. Yep. You need luck to go your way. And both these teams had some luck along the way. Absolutely. And it does help that you have the best defensive player in the league in Aaron Donald. Um, there's a lot of debate about whether or not Aaron Donald should have been MVP of the Super Bowl. Cooper Cup was. He had eight catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns, had a carry for five yards. That came on a fourth down on the Rams' final drive that you know kept the drive alive. I thought it was Cup all along. In fact, I would have voted Cooper Cup the MVP of the season uh, because we expect these sorts of things from Rodgers. And I would have almost, I think I would have taken Brady over Rodgers just because what Brady was doing at the age of 44 is something. Un, just unimaginable, but Cooper Cup won the triple crown in terms of catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Like he led receivers in every category. When you do that, when you lead in every category, that proves your importance to a team. So I would have voted him MVP. I know he received one MVP vote, but I I thought he was definitively the MVP of the Super Bowl. Aaron Donald made it. You can make an argument for that. And if Aaron Donald had won, it wouldn't have been, I guess, the end of the world. I would have had a much bigger problem if Stafford had been voted MVP. But I think Cooper Cup was the deserving choice for MVP. Yeah, I was fine with that. If the Bengals would have won, I don't know who it would have been. You can always give it to the quarterback, but like T. Higgins, you give it for him with a big touchdown. He had two touchdowns. I would have given it to Higgins probably. I mean, 
Bengals defense played pretty good for most of the game. Like, who do you give it on the defense side? But like, if yeah, Cooper Cooper Cup didn't win MVP this season in a season where there, I mean, there wasn't. Rodgers had a very good year, but he's had better. Brady put up a lot of numbers. He threw it a lot, mm-hmm. but it felt like it wasn't like a strong, you know, MVP type season. So Cooper Cup, I mean, he had the greatest year there's ever been for a receiver, and for him not to win it, I would say that's nobody's ever. No, no we're ever going to see a season better than that. No. I think it says something for Matt Stafford that he had a Cooper Cup season like that, and Calvin Johnson had a what he had a nineteen hundred yard season also with Stafford. Mm-hmm. So he gives Stafford credit for that. Absolutely. Kind of, yeah, I mean, you give what Randy Moss's birthday was this week. You give Moss credit for being on the ninety eight Vikings, who scored more points ever than mm-hmm. anybody. Mm-hmm. Then to the 07 Patriots who score more points than anybody and the common thread there is well you have Randy Moss yep. so yeah it was it was a interesting season good good Super Bowl and a lot of teams I think are in the mix for four next I would agree with that uh, halftime show universally praised as a great Super Bowl some would say the many said it was the best ever I, I don't know. I can't vouch for that. Prince has really gotten a lot of love for his Super Bowl in 2007, I believe it was, the, 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 the one down in Miami between the Bears and the Colts. I thought it was a good halftime show. It was music I was mostly familiar with. Um, I don't mind a little Snoop Dogg or you know Eminem and, and stuff, 50 Cent in the club, you know, whatever. Um, we know who would hate it, the, the really old people, maybe some of the racists out there, but, um, I thought it was a good halftime show. I, I'm not, I guess, it's not my forte, uh, music, so I, like, the, the halftime show, so I, I le- tend to lean towards others' opinions when it comes to, this was the best, uh, Super Bowl halftime show ever. I'm like, okay, I can take what you say with with some validity because it, it you know you, you just listen to it i would say it was good um and i enjoyed it so if people say it's one of the best ever i will take that to the bank i hate halftime shows as you know yes i mm-hmm. hate all the music and the bands and all the extra shit mm-hmm. i like this halftime show yeah i was looking forward to it more than any other one, and I liked it. Thought it was good. And at the end of it, you're like, "Yeah, hey, we should go a little bit longer." This was all right. Heard of most of the songs. Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar never heard of any of this stuff. Everybody else, I knew what the fuck they were saying. So that was good. Mm-hmm. Seemed to like it. Well, I asked my dad about it. He of course didn't like it because he didn't know what the fuck those people were. Mm-hmm. Blue Snoop Dogg. That was about it. But yeah, it was. Justin Timberlake, I didn't like his. Like Lady Gaga and Katy Perry, they were fine. Jennifer Lopez, all those were like fine, but I'm not fans of those people, so I don't mm-hmm. care. And everybody says Prince, and I always say like I, I never remember. I don't. I never. I don't know what I was doing. I know where I was. I was in the dorms watching that. That would have been, I think, sophomore year. Yep. The freshman year, one of those two. Yep. 
I, I don't remember. I mean, when he died, and that was part of oh, he played halftime. I don't, I don't remember that halftime show. I just don't. So, yeah, I thought it was good. It was good. It was as good as anyone I, I remember. It was like, I, I like this, and I, and I, I never like any, anything like that. So I did like that. I really enjoyed the set more than anything. I thought it was cool, the different rooms that everyone was in. I thought that was really unique. Um, so that was that was really cool to me. And m- almost more impressively than anything else was them getting that entire set off the field in six minutes. I mean, that's incredible. The just, I mean, th- there's a lot of complexities. There are a lot to that set, and they were able to get it off the field in like five or six minutes. That's very impressive. But I just... I, I was really uh, astounded by the set of it. I, I thought the rooms were really neat. Yeah, they were good. Uh, I think it could help these old bastards where they could just sit on a couch where they weren't performing their songs. Mm-hmm. They could just sit down and they're all right. I, I got to do nothing for five minutes. I'm going to sit here. So yeah, it was it was good. I liked it. And where's it at next year? It is Phoenix. Phoenix. Could be anybody. We will see. I feel like like Taylor Swift is a big name. Mm -hmm. Garth Brooks has never done it. He did the National Anthem 30 years ago, I believe. I feel like Garth Brooks would be a big hit. So, I mean, we'll see what they do. I mean, they've had a lot of pop people. Mm -hmm. Those people I mentioned. But it feels like, I don't know. They've had a lot of like collaborations of you know this person and that person and that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was good for one. I thought it was alright. Um, oh, what else was I gonna say? Commercials. I mean, commercials have not been good for a long time. So that's I mean that's just what it is. They're I, just not good. I I really I I enjoyed the the E Trade commercial was by far my favorite. Yeah, the this the nostalgia of bringing the baby back. The, that was very good. I remember the Eat Trade commercials way back when, you know, Kid in the Crib and whatnot. That was outstanding. Um, I So that was my favorite by far. I thought Larry David was very, very good. And the, the you know, oh my, the, you know, this will never work. And he how wrong he was about multiple events throughout history. I think that was about the, um, you know, the, cryptocurrency or whatever but i thought that was really good as well as amazon uh with scarlett johansson and colin yost or whatever uh, i thought that that was really good reading the minds those were the clear top three for me i know some people like the scrubs one others you know like the oh, the Clark. rocket mortgage i guess seemed the barbie doll house seems yes. to have done well and I yeah, and I I've seen mixed reactions that I didn't mind it. I thought that was kind of cool, you know, and also I mean a little ridiculous, but I mean it, I wasn't offended by it the the way some people were like this is so stupid. Uh, I didn't get that vibe from it. I mean, it just they say how many are not very good. It's like it's it's been a long time since they've been good. Mm-hmm. Like I can't remember any from last year or. You know, it's, we need. Like, I mean, we need a puppy six, monkey six baby. and a half million dollars this year to pay that much for. I mean, just think of just think of how much money it takes just to make one of those things, mm-hmm. and then you have to pay six million dollars for all just to get on there. Like, so, is it worth it? 
There might be, but goddamn, it's a lot of work for a commercial that, and some of them were, were not good. Yeah, I'm like, right. I'm a, like, this is what you came up with? Yeah. This was your idea. You had all year to come up with something, and this was your idea. Well, the QR code one, I guess, like 20 million people did something to it, and it crashed the site. I thought that was ridiculous. I'm not even going to attempt to to do that. That that was stupid to me, but it, it obviously worked if it crashed the the company's website. Uh, I thought the you know the bud or like the 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 alcohol the beer commercials really missed the mark. Like Mick Ultra, okay. I mean, you have all these celebrities bowling and whatnot, like or sport, you know, like Peyton Manning and Jimmy Butler. Okay, I think you could probably have done something better with that. Bud Budweiser, like what? Bud Light. I mean, you gotta get, come up with something better. And Doritos with their fl- or is it the yeah flaming hot Doritos or flaming hot Cheetos uh, with the animals and stuff. Uh, no, I, it just was a little, well, it wasn't great. Um, so I, the ones I liked, I really liked, uh, there were others that definitely missed the mark. The QR code one, people didn't like it, but like you said, there were a lot of results to it. If they had no 20 million people trying to go to their website. Right. I mean, that's getting results. I was like, okay, what is this? What is going on? Why is this on my TV? It's something wrong. And I think it was like a, I think it was like a sixty-second one, two, not a thirty. Mm-hmm. So it, it continued for a while. And so I mean, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for all right. What's what's going to get me the most bang for my buck? And that appeared to have done well, even though people didn't like. Yep. I I had no desire to try and scan it. I had no interest. I'm like, I don't. What if this is uh like phishing or something? What if what if there's a uh, a virus or something on the other end here, and they're gonna get all my no, thank you. I don't want to even attempt to do this. I have no desire to figure out what the hell uh, is going on. So it's one of those things where like I did. I was sitting there imagining. I imagine all the people at home. How many people are getting up with their phones and scanning that thing? They all go up there, see what this is about. Like you can. I always think millions of people did that. I was also thinking of the people who were like, damn it, my TV's broken on the biggest sporting day of the year, the Super Bowl. They, yeah, what is this? All these old people that have no idea what, what was going on. Right. Very, very likely. Uh, I, I swear I had something else. Ratings. Ratings were very good. Yes, 112 million people, I believe, after you factor in streaming and uh, Telemundo. And NBC, so that was very good. That was a lot higher than last year, but this was a far closer game than Chiefs Bucks. Uh, one interesting thing I know I saw though from Darren Ravel, uh, he's a little out there, but he's very good on the sports and business side of things, and he was talking about sports betting and how you know it's become so mainstream in America and legal in many different states, and with streaming services. He noted how many, like, the, the lag time on, like, YouTube or, um, you know, uh, Hulu, some of these other, uh, these streaming sites uh, were upwards of 40 to 50 seconds behind. And he said, if I were cable, this would be my number one pitch to people is there is no lag time with the cable as there is with with streaming services. So... If you're going to be betting real-time action here on sports, you really can't be doing that on a streaming site with that much buffering going on. So 
I think that was a great point by him, noting that this is what cable should do to try and get people back. Because, I mean, yes, I'm sure streaming services will continue to get better as years go on, but there's always going to be a delay. And with that big of a delay, 40 to 50 seconds, you can't be betting in real time. Yeah, it's a good good point, good idea. Um, like the betting odds will be like, I got YouTube TV, I saw they were like 16 seconds behind, so I'll be like a half a play behind. The play will already be done with by the time the play, I, I, I actually see it. So, I guess it's, you know, it's not too bad. And if you bet live, you'll see the You'll see it change based on the outcome of a play. Or if it's a big play, you'll see it change before you see it on your TV. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of a lot more states it's legal now, so there's going to be a lot more betting and a lot more money lost. So it's it's an idea, I guess. But yeah, we watched it on YouTube TV, so if that I don't know if that counts as I guess that counts as streaming. I guess that's mm-hmm. not cable. And I'm not saying that the like streaming sites are bad, but if you're into the sports betting, it makes it more yeah. difficult with the streaming site. Yeah, you can't. You'll always be a play behind or half a play. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, swear, <coughs> I swear I had something else on the halftime show, but it's escaping me now. So if it comes to me later, it comes to me later. But uh, congratulations again to the Rams for winning the Super Bowl, their second Super Bowl championship. Uh, Aaron Donald, rumored to be retiring. It sounds like he's going to come back. Sean McVay, rumored to maybe wanting to leave uh, the sideline. It sounds like he's going to come back. Who is not coming back is Kevin O'Connell and potentially several other Rams assistants who will be joining him in Minnesota. Vikings Twitter was a major consternation uh, oh, like at the beginning part of the week because there was no announcement. Oh, we thought Kevin O'Connell was coming. Is he having cold feet? Are the Rams going to keep O'Connell if, if McVay leaves? When's it going to happen? It happened. He's hired. He agreed to terms on Wednesday. I think the press conference is on Thursday. Uh, or was on Thursday. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, we got a... Uh, yeah, 4, 4 p.m. We'll or something. Maybe it's, already, maybe it's begun. Anyway, he's oh. here. He's with Minnesota. It's a good hire. He seems very bright. Very innovative. I think that's the word that they used for him. Uh, seems like a pretty good staff being put together. The key piece, I think, being Keenan McCardle, uh, retaining him to be the wide receiver head coach. Sounds like they're going to try and get another like a, a running backs coach from the Rams. They've already got a couple of guys. This seems to be like a... I, I don't know for sure about the like the entirety of the coaching staff and who some of these coaches are, but... I trust what O'Connell is doing. I trust what uh, uh, Quezzy is doing. And I think that this could potentially be a big hire. It's Now it's just a matter of what does Kevin O'Connell think of the Vikings roster? What does Quezzy think of the, of the Vikings roster? Who are some guys that we thought maybe weren't, that we're, we're, we would see for years to come and maybe won't? Like Daniil Hunter, Kirk Cousins. Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr. Like, it's just, it's a new dawn, a new era in Minnesota. And I'm curious to see where this team goes. And a lot of good players on this team. They lost a lot of games that they shouldn't have last this year. Mm-hmm. A lot of games they could have won that they didn't. Mm-hmm. So they can, I mean, it's, 
a good job. They can, I would say, easily turn it around. They can get something done next year if the play, if the things fall into place for them. Mm-hmm. Quarterback, if you're going to extend him, which I would not do, I feel like that's the first big piece. What do you do with him? I don't want him on the team more than a year. This is his last year. I don't want him to be on the team for two more, two or a year or two more, just because you don't want to pay him a lot of money this year and you want to spread it out. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I would trade the Neil Hunter. You can get a first round pick for him. He's uh, young, but he's hurt. So I would trade him for a first round pick. I feel like there's a lot of guys in this draft that can help right away. It feels to me like it's a, a deep draft in some positions. There might not be that one guy that everybody loses their mind over mm-hmm. right now. It's like, oh, this guy and this, like two or three guys that are amazing that everybody thinks are Hall of Famers. There may not be that this year. There's not that quarterback out there that people love. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of players that can help right away. Yep. You talked about the, the Georgia linebacker that we like. Yep, Nicobe Dean. You know, there's some offensive linemen there that can help right away. A guy from Iowa. Yeah, I would be so okay with that. I would feel be like okay there's guys that, that can help the Vikings right away. So if you get your own first-round pick, if you can get another first-round pick for Daniel Hunter, I think that'd be great. Um, I think both of these Super Bowl teams prove that like you don't need a running back or you shouldn't spend a lot of money on a running back because it doesn't matter that much. Well, that could mean Dalvin's gone too, potentially. Like, I think. And he's a guy that's nicked up every once in a while and he's due nine, ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. And he's a great player, but what difference does he make? If you could get his brother in the draft, sure. I, I mean, and then pair him up with Alexander Madison, that's Ah, uh, that's probably like a freshman that's had a couple years down the road. Maybe. No, he's a senior. He's a senior. James, yeah, James, yeah, he's a senior. Goddamn. Almost, so there's that. Um, I would get rid of or greatly reduce the salary of Adam Thielen because, like, he is not going to get better. He is what thirty two. He's missed some time. His best days are behind him. Mm-hmm. So he's another guy getting paid quite a bit, which you could get rid of him somehow or greatly reduce his salary. So those would be the big three. Thielen, Cook, and Hunter. I feel like Cook and Thielen will be there. I'd be surprised if they got rid of those guys. Daniel Hunter, I would seriously trade for a high-end first-round pick. I know. I so. just love Daniil Hunter. I think he provides so much benefit on, like with that pass rush on the D-line, but he's he's got to stay healthy. And if they're going to switch to a 3-4 defense or some sort of a three-lineman type of deal, that maybe changes. Like, they don't need Michael Pierce and uh, Delvin Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. I feel like he can get rid of Michael Pierce. I think he gets, he gets paid more. Like can get rid of him. He's getting paid a good amount. I had heard a rumor that they were potentially like there's going to be interest in Akeem Hicks from Chicago. So that'd be great. And I feel like you know he, he, the offensive line is better 
But I feel like it would be nice if this was a strength of the team. If this was a, I'm sick and tired of somebody getting hurt and them putting some shithead out at left tackle or right tackle who is fucking terrible. I'm sick of that shit. Mm-hmm. TJ Clemens, your your shot hills. Let's <laughs> go down the line of these stupid assholes. The one guy with the name I can't pronounce. Just all of these fuckers shouldn't be on NFL teams to begin with, let alone backups getting playing time due to injury. It's very fucking frustrating. And very happy we gave what a fourth round pick for a tight end we never used. Yeah, that's bad. That was bad. Um, that's ridiculous. Especially when they could have traded a third round pick potentially to get Dallas Goddard. Hey, maybe do that. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah, Irv Smith Jr. again, I don't think he's gonna be any good, but we'll have another year of oh Irv Smith Jr., look out for him. He's a big sleeper. He's gonna have a breakout year. Well, I'll see it when I believe it. Um what it is, well, let's look at what did Tyler Conklin do this year? Good. I was thinking good is is he gonna have a better year than Conklin did? Conklin had six hundred yards and sixty one catches. Is Irv Smith, if healthy, he only had three touchdowns. Will Irv Smith have better than 60 catches for 600 yards? Yes. You would think so. I'm going to say no, but we will see. I, okay, so now that you got me thinking on Daniil Hunter here, what this is maybe my ideal first round for the Vikings. And this this is subject to change between now and, and April 29th. we got two, two months of this here. You trade Daniil Hunter, and then you use your two picks – to get Nicobe Dean and the the Iowa Center. That'd be great. That would be just fantastic. I know a lot of people really want uh, Sauce Gardner, the cornerback from Cincinnati. That wouldn't be bad. Um, was it Duffy or McDuffie, the cornerback from Washington? Certainly the, the secondary needs to be addressed. But I think if, if Patrick Peterson comes back, which I hope he would, along with... Uh, the, you know, give Cam Dantzler another chance. I think that's got potential. You got Cam Bynum to pair with Harrison Smith, so that would be good. But if you're moving to a three-four, I almost feel like you're going to need to make adjust. It, so I would say a, a combination of the three: Sauce Gardner, Nicobe Dean, or Nicobe Dean in the Iowa Center. That would be- yeah. I would I would throw in Jordan Davis, big bastard from Georgia, there. But if he's want to put him in the middle. Yeah, that's but you know they already have some defensive tackles, and if they get Akeem Hicks, do they need Jordan Davis? Yep. Uh, so I mean, uh, Hicks is thirty-two. Yeah. Oh, uh, like yeah, it's uh, Michael Pierce. He is 30, 29, 30. So those are good options. I, I would trade him to the Giants. Have the seventh pick. What was it Andre Patterson's with the Giants? Yep. So I mean. It, Giants will give you Daniil Hunter for the seventh pick. See if that's even possible. Should have seven and twelve. Yeah, cornerback. If Anthony Barr is gone, you need another linebacker. Well, I just so, think you might need a, line, a new linebacker, regardless if you're going three four. So maybe. Yeah. So okay. So what if they traded Hunter and then got who? Who like maybe the Eagles really want someone at seven, and the Vikings took. The, the two mid-first-round picks from them and it would all of a sudden have three first-round picks, then you could get N'Kobe Dean, the Iowa center, and then a corner. That'd be great. I mean, if you could trade Delvin Cook for a first-rounder, too, that'd be awesome. But if you were to get three first-round picks, that'd be just great. 
And the last um, time they had three first round picks, they got Xavier Woods, Cordero Patterson, and who's who's the other guy? Was it? Was it, oh yeah, they got uh, Xavier Rhodes, Patterson, Floyd. and Harrison Smith. Was it Harrison Smith in that in that first round, or was it? I thought it was a uh, Michael Floyd or something. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was a defensive lineman, and he he was injured. He was from Florida. Oh uh, yeah, yep, that could have been him. Let me see here. Twelve. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. Floyd, who, yeah, was, was hurt. Yeah. I, so, I, listen, I, we're, we're spitting, like, a, a lot of possibilities here. I want the Vikings to be set up for success. So, whatever, again, I'm going to trust Kevin. I'm going to tr- uh, trust Kwesi, but there are... Sharif um, Floyd. Sharif Floyd. Sharif Floyd. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there are a lot of good guys, though, to your to your point. And if you do trade a Daniil Hunter for a first-round pick, and then you could trade down to, like, with the Eagles... With a couple air picks, if they're high on someone, and, and if you can get Nicobe Dean, I if you're going to three four. I feel like you need another linebacker, so I think that's. Or paramount. go to like a three three five. Maybe you need a lot of cornerbacks. Then, yep. It, I don't know what they're going to do. So if, if you're going to play five in the secondary, then obviously you need to pick a, a defensive back. They got Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. Yep. People like him. Harrison Smith isn't getting any younger, mm-hmm. so. I think I think they're going to go cornerback. It would be my guess with their first pick, but we will see. Yes. Yep. A lot of time between now and then. We have the scouting combine coming up here in a couple of weeks, and then all the pro days and whatnot. So we will keep our eye on that. Uh, also, it sounds like the Colts made a massive mistake by trading a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. Sounds like he's going to be cut or traded by March 18th. That, Who would have imagined? Who would have imagined? I, 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 I don't know, Chris. If only, if only you and I would have had the foresight to be able to tell you how bad Carson Wentz was going to oh. be as a starter. Who would have known? Who would have fucking known? Not me. No, not me either. Not me at all. So that's that. There on that front, we'll keep tabs, uh, especially with the combine coming up and. Um, and the and of course pro days and, and free agency coming up here and whatnot because now that the season is shorter there's a lot going on but we're excited I think for Kevin O'Connell I, I'm I'm holding out hope that he and Quasi are you know have that good partnership and can do a lot of good things together and One, uh, get the Vikings over the hump. You I think you'll like this. I would say in the next ten years, some folks will have uh, the Monday after the Super Bowl off. Yes, yes, because it's moving to, uh, well, if they move to 18 games, then, it, yeah, President's Day weekend. It's built in, so there you go. Yep. It might be St. Patrick's Day at this point, Price it. So. Yeah, may as well. May as well. Um, I want to touch on the Winter Olympics here, uh, just regarding this one massive story that's sweeping the globe. I'm sure you're familiar, or at least have heard of what's going on with Camelia by Valieva, uh, the 15-year-old Russian figure skater. Are you familiar with this? Yes. Uh, do you want to discuss this now or come back to that after college basketball? Do it now because when uh, Winter Olympics, I have not seen a damn thing. And this seems like it's a bunch of bullshit. So. It is. It is a bunch of bullshit. So for those that may not know or just want to rehash it again, Camila, Vi- uh, Camila Va- Valieva is a 15-year-old 
skater from the Russian Olympic Committee. And why is it? Why are they called the Russian Olympic Committee? Well, because Russia has been in a huge doping scandal that has resulted in the country not being able to, you know, bear their flag at the at a few of the recent Olympics. Uh, they've, I think, were banned, or there was talk about banning athletes. It, it, it's very shady. It's a lot of shady shit. No, Russia doing shady shit, like maybe invading Ukraine. Well, who could have seen this coming? I mean, they're 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 a bad country. Um, uh, not to not to get into the current events and stuff, but anyway, Valieva, 15 years old, she participated in some event around Christmas. And she ended up testing positive for a drug. And that drug uh, essentially helps pump blood into the heart and whatnot. She blamed it on her, like, her grandpa's medication, her grandfather's medication. She took it, or someone gave it to her. And it just, it basically just builds up stamina, you know, to help. How much it helps, who knows. But if you can do a couple more quads in your, um, or triple toe loop or triple axle, whatever, in her program, so be it. But, so, this drug test comes out at the, in the first week, the result, and it comes in during the, the team final and whatnot. And I think Russia got the gold in that. USA got silver. And there's, the, okay, what about the individual program coming up? Is Valieva going to be able to compete or whatnot? And this goes to, you know, the IOC, to the uh, Court of Sports Arbitration or the, uh, some, something of, of that nature. And they said that it would do more damage to Valieva if she wasn't allowed to compete. So they are going to do it. She wasn't going to be able to be on the podium. Or they would hold off on the medal ceremony if Valieva won a medal placed in the top three in the uh, women's individual program. She didn't. She fell. I think that's called karma. And she placed fourth overall. So no medal for her. Um... But this has gotten the figure skating community and the world at large, like the U.S. Uh, Olympic Committee is upset, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency is upset. Like, how can you allow this 15-year-old? And part of the reason that the, the court of sports arbitration uh, said is that, you know, she's 15 years old, so we have to kind of protect her in that. Well, as, you know, Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski have said, you know, they've been getting drug tested, you know, since they were like 13, and they know what... the like is going into their bodies and whatnot. So this A speaks to like a couple of different things, but Valieva never should have been allowed to participate. It taints the uh, the of figure skating and, and the Olympics in general. How the IOC can allow this is beyond me. But three, because Russia keeps doing this, they need to just be flat out banned from the Olympics for a foreseeable or for a set period. How whether that be two summers and two and two winters. Or just you know, ten to fifteen years. I don't know, but they they're they're do some shady shit there, and I am totally with everyone who is saying that this is a raw deal. She shouldn't be allowed to compete. This is bad for this. Just sucks for all of the competitors because you don't know if anyone's clean or not. And also for her, she's fifteen years old. She must not have good people in her corner that are looking out for her best future if they're giving her these drugs and whatnot. So it's a, it's a, just a terrible situation overall. Um, what what have you made of this? What is your opinion on Valieva? Like, I don't know why Russia is allowed to compete anyway. I agree. 
they take away the stuff that doesn't matter. They still compete. They still win medals. I don't. There, there's no penalty there. So, well, you had Richardson, the the Olympic track athlete. She doesn't like what's going on because she was banned was for marijuana. Mm-hmm. Which is not a banned substance. So she was banned for that. Then this Russian skater was not banned for what she did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Olympics are corrupt. I don't, I don't care about them. They don't matter. They're almost as corrupt as FIFA. Pretty much. All these international Olympic things, the international competitions. It's all a bunch of garbage. It's bad. It's just, it's very bad. It's a terrible look for the, the Olympics. It's a terrible look for figure skating. And I think the, the, the far-reaching outcry, you mentioned to like the halftime shows, universally praised for how great it was and how many people liked it. This has been a, this has been almost in unison of the number of people that have said this is wrong and how the you know the sport the court of sports arbitration and how the ioc can allow this to happen uh shows how corrupt and you know morally bankrupt they are and hopefully something gets done here where they can ban russia from olympics uh olympic competition here because if you're already competing under roc because you can't say russia like and wave your flag and do the the anthem or whatever, then you already know that there's some shady shit going down. So why not just put the kibosh on it and say, "All right, this is the last straw. You're done for a while." There's no reason for Russia not to continue to do this because they've shown that there's no penalty. Why not continue to exactly take these performance enhancing drugs? Why not continue to do it because they've shown that they're going to penalize you. Mm-hmm. So keep doing it. Absolutely. So it's bad. It's just bad overall. USA men hockey, they were undefeated in round robin or group play. They lose in the quarters in a shootout, so no medal for them. I think that kind of sucks and is bogus, but Canada lost as well, so that ha ha ha. By the way, speaking of Canada, the uh, Canadian women's hockey team beat USA 3-2 in the gold medal match, and Norway is leading in medals. Norway, very, very good. That's your Olympic update. Final days of the Olympics. Coming to an end, I'll have a little reaction to it all next week. Uh, college basketball here now. Uh, did you see, I'm sure you did, South Dakota State is receiving votes in the AP Top 25. That's pretty cool. Uh, San Diego State is not. So, again, it's not like somebody mixed them up. That's good. Are they deserving of votes? I would say yes. I mean, they lead the nation in three-point shooting. They're undefeated in uh, in conference play. Ho- hopefully that continues here through at least this week. We have two weeks left of the regular season here, but you play Western Illinois and St. Thomas at home this week. But, I mean, you look at who else you could possibly put in. I mean, you know. Well, so there are at least one or two people out there that think they are the 25th best team in the country. I mean, it's. I mean, you're putting Murray State up there. I mean, is Murray State that much better than South Dakota State? I don't know. I would. I mean, they they played Alabama and they lost. Alabama's twenty fifth in one of the polls. They're sixteen and nine. I mean, SDSU is not one of the twenty five best teams out there. They're having a very good year, but I mean, we'll see if they get matched up with. Maybe they get a twelve seed. Probably a 13 at worst, but this is the year you got to finally win a game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, both offenses there. 
make it count for something, beat a team. Beat, uh, beat you know, Wisconsin, beat Houston, beat Tennessee, beat Texas, USC, whoever the hell you're going to be matched up against, beat one of these Big Ten schools. No one played Rutgers right now. Play somebody other than them. Oh, but, holy uh, cow. That is so so crazy. Rutgers has beaten every ranked team in the Big Ten this year. That's it's just insane. Uh, so they, yeah, they look like they've gotten on the right side of the bubble now. Um, yeah, maybe probably Providence. I don't think they're they're as good as I mean they're eighth right now. They lost to Villanova a couple nights ago. I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't think Providence is a top ten team. No, I don't either. But as much as I we love it, that'd but... be great to be matched up against Providence. That'd be great. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, question though regarding South Dakota State, and it centers on Noah Friedel. He got in for a, a little bit a couple weeks back against Denver, made a couple of threes. Do we know what the hell's going on with him? Like, no, well, I, I just when they, when they say it's a basketball thing, I just can't believe that because. Like, he's an exceptional player. He's an exceptional shooter and scorer. Mm-hmm. And for them to say it's a basketball reason, like, yeah, I feel like he's better than most on that team. He's a starter, and all of a sudden he goes from not starting to never playing. If it's an injury or a mental thing, like, he's not off the team. He's there. He's in uniform. He's on the bench. Is he going to stay? I don't know. He's not. He, he just. He's not one of those guys that says, "You know what? I'm not. I'm not playing here. This isn't working out. So I'm going to transfer somewhere." He hasn't done that yet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, Christ, you add him to this team. I mean, they've done as well as they've had without him for the majority of the year. Mm-hmm. And you can't find 20 minutes a game for him. Um, I, I doubt he plays the rest of the year in, in a meaningful minutes, but if he did, what a what an addition that would be. Well, I just you look at some of the games here recently, and their three point shooting has struggled for the most part against like North Dakota State and South Dakota. The, the I mean, like I mentioned, the Jackrabbits are the best three point shooting team in the country, and that's saying something considering that their last four or five games have not been really up to snuff. And Noah is a good three-point shooter. So if if like your if your team is struggling to knock down shots from outside, then do you do you suck it up and just say, hey Noah, let's get in there and, and try and knock a few down? I mean, he made two threes against Denver, so it's not like he like, he got the rust off pretty quickly. I think he's a pretty va- uh, valuable uh, asset and a good weapon to have especially for SDSU. Maybe they're saving him for tournament time because no one has been able to, to really see him and, and scout him. Maybe you use this as a, as a kind of a secret weapon. I, I, that's unlikely. It's more of a conspiracy theory or thought at this point. But I, I, if, if I'm Coach Henderson and I need and my team's struggling to maybe knock down a few shots... Wouldn't you at least consider putting Friedel in? Very strange. I don't know if we'll ever know what the reason is. I don't know, maybe he'll leave at the end of the year, but it'd be great to have him out there because you like uh, feel like he adds a little bit of something. And this is, they have to win the tournament this year. They have to. This I mean, is... They should not lose the more to be, what, 16-0 and in the regular season? After this week, yes. 
or they'd be uh, whatever they would Eight, want. Eighteen they and zero. If, if, if they win their next, uh, they have four games remaining in Summit League play. They would need to win both this week against Western Illinois and St. Thomas, and then next week on the road at Oral Roberts on Thursday, and then at UMKC on Saturday to f- complete the oh. eighteen and zero season. Go twenty one and zero. Win the win the tournament. Go twenty one and zero in the conference. Don't lose to any of these teams because you are better than all of them. Mm-hmm. They've had a couple of close calls, but run through the conference. The women are doing that after years of not doing that. I mean, their their only loss was to USD. So, it's like, quit losing to these teams. Quit losing three, four conference games, teams that are not any good. Mm-hmm. You'll lose once in a while to, to USD or NDSU, but other than Oral Roberts, you might lose to them once in a while. But, yeah, other than that, beat all these teams. So they, don't, they don't have a bad loss in the conference. That's good to see. So, mm-hmm. And on the women, speaking of them, they have crept into now the at-large discussion, at least or the bubble conversation, uh, for Charlie Cream on ESPN.com, for whatever that's worth. Uh, I mean, they're on the next four out, and I think they're the last team of the next four out. But you keep winning. Maybe a few teams lose between now and then. Jackrabbits, if they have a close loss in the Summit League championship game against USD, could could make it in. I think USD's got a pretty good shot. I don't think you, uh, SDSU would get in. I think USD would. Oh, somebody I'm like is an 8 or a 9 seed USD. Yeah. Or like if they're an 8 or a 9, then how is SDSU out of the tournament? Like USD should be ranked ahead of them, but not three seed lines or 10 or 12 spots ahead. Mm-hmm. Their net rating essentially the same. Mm-hmm. SDSU's strength of schedule, I think, is higher, but USD's got got one good win where SDSU doesn't have any. Uh, UCLA, I would say, is a pretty good win. That's outside of USD. They don't have any non-conference. No, I'm saying the UCLA win, I think, is a pretty good win. Oh, for the women? Yeah. That's so they, they they don't have that. I mean, I was just looking at some of the other teams in that last four in, and I compared them to SDSU. I'm like, why are they in over SDSU? Like, they don't. Mm-hmm. They I see the UCLA is like eleven and nine, I think. So like, they they don't have that one big win where at least USD has one. So. I feel like USD can get in without a, without winning the conference. I don't think SDSU will. I would agree yeah. with that. I think SDSU is going to win the conference, mm-hmm. and I think they get two teams in if that happens. Yep. I, I was just saying, like, it, they're at least moving into the conversation, though, which yeah. is which – is, they're, they're in the top 40. If you're in the top 40 in net rating, you should be right there mm-hmm. on the bubble. And – I doubt they get in over a team that has like ten or twelve losses, just because they don't have they won't have the wins uh, that those that that you know eighteen and eleven team might. I'm getting really tired of this conversation regarding Oklahoma and how good they are. They're fourteen and twelve. They have a uh, on the men's side. I'm sorry, I, I flip back to the oh. men. Uh, they have a good win against Arkansas. They've kept it close with Kansas over the weekend, but they've they lost. They lost to Oklahoma or to Texas twice. They're not that good of a team. I don't understand why Oklahoma is still in. Um, 
UNC is barely clinging to life. Oregon, they are among the last four out. I mean, BYU's in there too. There's just a lot of teams that I am surprised are still in the the field, at least right now, uh, that I think need to get the hell out. I mean, Iowa State, they're really falling off a cliff here. Their, their tournament lives are at stake. Who would have thought that uh, TJ Otzelberger squad would peter out? Um, oh, uh, I, but there are some, there's just some teams that I'm like, why in the hell are you still comfortably or safely in at this point? It's interesting. Maybe it's just a bad year. Maybe it's a year of look at, okay, he's, Iowa state is in barely at the moment, but who should be in instead of them? Should Memphis be in? Uh, should, I mean, it feels like this is not a, the bubble is not strong. You know, you've got you got Michigan in the mix. Mm-hmm. They struggle. You got, I mean, Rutgers. They they they're as good as any team right now. Rutgers is putting together a hell of a run. Yep. You got Florida, who's been pretty blah. Yep. And San Diego State in the first four out. So this does not appear to be a strong bubble. You have Oregon who all of a sudden, and here she's they're they're right there. The the bubble's not. If your bubble is Iowa State and Oregon and Memphis and Michigan, that's not good. And UNC and throw them in the mix as well. I mean, Oregon has losses at home to Colorado. I think they have a home loss to Cal, too. They have some bad losses in there. So I think Oregon bears watching. It also stands to read, like, you look at how good the Mountain West has been and how good the West Coast Conference has been. Two mid-major conferences are going to get three or four teams in each, hopefully, or potentially. At least three teams in from each of those conferences. And that... Doesn't you're happen. Gonna four, you're gonna get the mid major. Speaking of mid majors, the Pac 12s getting four teams in. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. Uh, well, that's only if Oregon makes it. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, the West Coast Conference going to get four teams in if BYU gets in. BYU's on the on the bubble right now. San Francisco's there. Mm-hmm. St. Mary's going to get in. That's that's uh, good. Good for them. And the Mountain West is going to get Boise State, going to get Wyoming here, hopefully. Wyoming, a bad loss to New Mexico this week, but you got Colorado State in there. It's not the San Diego States and Fresno States or Nevada's, Utah States that we've been accustomed to seeing in recent years. There's some new blood in the Mountain West, which is nice to see. Where is David Jenkins? Is he with Utah? I think he is. Yeah. Didn't he follow Craig Smith? He's with Utah. I would like to check in with him once in a while. He's averaging uh, ten points per game. Ah, solid. Great. What a, what a, what a career he messed up. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it doesn't appear to be a strong bubble, and it appears every time you know there's that 11 seed that goes on the run. That that one team in the play-in goes on the run to the final four or the elite eight. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if that happens again this year, because I mean these. You're 11 seed for a reason. So. Yep. And we'll have plenty more reaction next week after we get a few more games in and a couple new um, bracketologies come out. Uh, but if I, I like you, I love Pro, I, I like Providence. We love Ed Cooley. But I think I would like to take them on this year. Uh, I think. Like, I'm not confident in many teams. Like, you know, I don't like Purdue. They're going to be probably a two seed. Mm hmm. Kansas, they can be beaten. Mm-hmm. 
Like Baylor's pretty good, but they've lost some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like Texas Tech a lot. They beat they they swept Baylor this year. Yep. Like Illinois can be beaten. All these Big Ten teams they've shown they can lose. Tennessee can go on a run. Auburn looks really good. Um, it, there's a lot of teams that can be beaten. So it's uh, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of upsets this year or what, but it, 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 there there doesn't appear to be a strong favorite. No, we like. Gonzaga and in years past, uh, we don't have that that big favorite this year. That should make it make it interesting. It should should. So we look forward to that. Um, anything else we need to? Um, you know, oh, a big trade in the NBA this week. That was a big trade. I liked. I don't know if I'm in the minority, but I liked what Brooklyn did. More so, I mean, I, I like that they got. They got Ben Simmons. They got Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. They got two first-round picks. And they got rid of James Harden, who obviously didn't want to be there again. So, I i mean, I don't feel like Philadelphia is going to win the East. I don't feel like Brooklyn's going to win the East. But I feel like Ben Simmons going to Brooklyn is good because he's the number three option there. And he proved that like he is not a top guy like he mental health or whatever it is like you don't want him being your best or second best player because mm-hmm. he can't handle the pressure or whatever it was that he decided that he was done playing so if he can be in the background and he can be your number three guy i think that's a good spot for him and philadelphia there's going to be another team that has got a bunch of players and they underachieve again because i don't think they're coming out of the east I don't think they're making the final, even the Eastern Conference Finals. So. Well, Michael Wilbon, and they get Seth Curry, I, the the Nets do. So I think well, that's, that's another price. That's another one. Like you get Andre Drummond, who's an unbelievable rebounder, who mm-hmm. hasn't played much for the last year or so for whatever reason. You put him out there, it feels like he gets twenty rebounds, fucking a third of the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's gonna be an asset. You got Seth Curry, who's turned into a great shooter. And you get Ben Simmons, who can be pretty good. He's an all-star type guy, even though he can't shoot. So, I mean, so you, you get all those three guys. I mean, you know. But Brooklyn, just, just make the playoffs at this point. Jesus Christ. It's, it's well, Michael Wilbon on ESPN, on pardon the interruption, he wants Philadelphia to play Brooklyn in the first round so one of these teams can get the hell out because uh, he's tired of it. He's tired of the talk. He's tired of the drama around each of these franchises. So just get out. Um, that would seem to be a little difficult right now. Uh, well, I guess it, only three and a half games separate Philadelphia from Brooklyn. It could be a four or five. It could be a four or five, maybe. Yeah. Four or three, six, maybe. I mean, you, you would need to make up some games here, but uh, it's it's possible. So, that's... that's I, mean, I mean, Milwaukee's a defending champ, so that, you know, they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. My Bulls... They're just they're just very good. They're very deep. Mm-hmm. Very deep. God damn, they they they're deep. They got a lot of guys. They're gonna get Tristan Thompson uh, from the Pacers. They're gonna buy him out. And I guess he's going to the going to the Bulls. So that's another guy he can bring off the bench. Well, and they've had so but, many injuries. What like Zach Levine, and then, you know they've had COVID issues and stuff. So the Bulls keep yeah. keep uh, keep rolling. Demar Derozan, did you see the record he broke? No, I I, I think I heard something about it, but uh, enlighten me. And the audience. Broke a Will Chamberlain record. Seven straight games. DeMar DeRozan has shot over 50% and also scored at least 35. Wow. 
Wow. The way he, and again, he's a guy that uh, shoots mid-range jumpers, mm-hmm. and he doesn't shoot a lot of threes, so he's a different player, and he, I think he's averaging 27 for ball game, so he is averaging 28 a game. He's been unbelievable this year. So the Bulls say they got a two-game lead over Milwaukee for the division, so Bulls could get that one seed. That'd be good. Yeah, they, they've, been, they've been excellent. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Uh, Phoenix continues to dominate uh, in the West. Golden. I feel like Phoenix is going to win the West again. They are just rolling. Yes. Yes, I agree. I feel like, well, Golden State's had a good year. Um, Memphis, John Morant is exciting. But I think you know, Phoenix is a pretty strong favorite out West. And in the East, well, it could be one of three or four teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we're kind of discounting Cleveland, maybe, but yeah, Chicago. Yeah, you know, Chicago, Miami, Milwaukee, Philly. You know, people like Philadelphia and Brooklyn if they get their shit together. Mm-hmm. Boston, Baltimore, right now, so it's um, yeah, the the, the West seems to have a busy. It's usually the other way around. The East has one team that's usually really good, and the West has you know, maybe a couple, but it's uh. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Indeed. Indeed. Anything else we need to get to for this week? <clears throat> Baseball's still a mess. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Matt Harvey liked cocaine a bit too much. Not fuck for him. Uh, the, the trainer got found guilty in that, though, right? Uh, for giving uh, Tyler Skaggs the opioids that killed him a couple years ago. Yep. But I think he got... Oh. That he, yeah, he found they they found the a jury found the the ex Angel staffer guilty in Scraggs' death. Um, yeah, uh, Eric K. Uh, found him guilty of distributing fentanyl and causing the death of former pitcher Tyler Scraggs in 2019. Well, a bad story there. So yeah, three About hours it. it took to reach the verdict. That's in that's pretty impressive. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Oh. That's a problem. So hopefully baseball doesn't miss too many games. And we're what? Uh, about three weeks away from the big day. The uh, three and a half weeks from uh, Selection Sunday. So yes. yes. I said earlier in the season I wasn't, like the excitement for college basketball wasn't there. It's back now. It's getting there. Uh, once it, it, There's a lot going on here. This seems like a very unpredictable year, kind of like in football. This is a very unpredictable year in college basketball. So, looking forward to that. And what do we have coming up on this week's podcast? Taking time. Nothing, because I'm not doing it this week. Oh. So, we're skipping it. Okay. I'm sick. True. Nothing that trips my trigger. I had Stu Whitney on last week. That was good. Yes, that was good. Um, And he got a new job, I see now. He's a, what, an investigative... Sure. Yeah, so go to Newswatch. They're an independent online deal, so they'll be doing that. That'll be good for them. So maybe get Terry Vanderbeck on. He's somebody that we always used to have on. Mm-hmm. And he was always good. So him, I thought like Mike Dom would be an interesting guy yep. to get on. He's over in Europe, so we have to figure out that time spot. So. Some Zimmer? guys, you know, there's nothing really. If you thought about getting uh, uh, Matt Zimmer on at all? Yeah, he'd be another good one. We get to his birthday today, so happy birthday to Matt Zimmer. Happy birthday, Matt. 
And so, yeah, those guys wanted to get closer to the Summer League tournaments. Couldn't get any anybody, any any of the Viking people on. I wanted to do that, but that never happened. So, oh, we'll see. There's so. still time. Well, enjoy the week off, and uh, good luck next week. Hopefully you are fully healthy. Uh, uh, there you go. Uh, get over that sickness. Don't give it to Melissa. Um, yeah, that would that would not be a good Valentine's Day gift to give her uh, the your sickness. We're in Minneapolis for a concert this weekend, so it should be all right for that. And hopefully, she's stays uh, stays sick free for that. Very good, very good. Anything else we need to get to? Should be it. I think. All right, sounds good. Will you uh, rest up, heal up, all uh, fully? Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. A lot that we went over, you know, the Super Bowl champion. Congratulations to the L.A. Rams again for being the Cincinnati Bengals, 23-20 in the Super Bowl. I predicted 26-20 Rams. I was very close. We'll take it. Um, college basketball, of course, got the Olympics going on. Right now, I'll have some more thoughts on the Olympics next week. But again, this this Camilla Valieva, uh, Russia, it's just, it's bad. It, it's a bad look for the Olympics. It's a bad look for figure skating. And something needs to be done with Russia. I mean, we can say that for, in a number of, for a number of reasons. But, I mean, you gotta, if you're an Olympic athlete, you're on the Olympics here on the Olympic stage, you gotta know that you're playing on a, on a level playing field with your competitors. And if if Russia keeps doing this, just ban them. Just ban every athlete. Say sorry. You're going to have to wait 10 to 12 years. It's it's just ridiculous here at this point what's going on. The U.S. has struggled. Michaela Schifrin has struggled a lot. Um, but uh, Norway cleaning up. Germany, fantastic on the luge. Bobsled and on skeleton. So that should be no surprise there. Speed skating, we've seen some good stuff. So we'll react to it all next week. Uh, but a lot of stuff going on in the final few days. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it will be nice when we can watch all these live events here, like in, in U.S. time. When, what, Salt Lake, are they getting it in 2032 maybe? Um, or 2030, 2034? But obviously, it's the, the Olympics is a world. It's a global event. It's not just, you can't just cater to those of us here in the U.S., but uh, for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, uh, I'm Nathan Stacken, uh, Travis Crins on Twitter at Travis Crins. I'm on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, a link to the podcast. Posted in the middle to later part of each week. Podcast is available on podcast.com as well as iTunes. So download us there. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Next week, plenty of college basketball uh, and other sport topics as well. So uh, for Travis and I'm Nathan, thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Congratulations again to the Rams, and we will talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.